Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. In the Gun, episode number 20 here. It's time for a Texas Tech review. Wesley Euler today with Jed Drenning. Once again, we've got the beer truck, Owen Schmidt. He's he's out on assignment. He'll be back. All right, we've got him doing some deep undercover work. So you've just got Jed and I. We are going to be joined by our buddy Sean Mariner here in just a few minutes. This episode of ITG brought to you by Bet Online. Signal caller, how we feeling? We're here. That's half the battle. We're here. We're here. That's half the battle. You know, we've got all bases covered between your trip to South Florida and my trip to West Texas. You know, we we, we haven't got an answer for that age-old debate. Of course, you were covering the Steelers. I was covering the Mountaineers. What's worse, to lose a game when you just get boat raced and your door's blown off or to lose a game right at the end of the last play? Well, we've got them both covered, and I don't think either one of us feel very good. So, no, absolutely not. Uh, so there's, I there's think no I, right I got, you, I got you beat this week too. Four fifty eight a.m. today. Oh, you beat I, us. Yeah, you I, beat I, us. I, I pulled into my driveway. It was uh, it was this not wasn't fun. bad for me. I got home at like Texas was about six in the morning. This was one something. I got home. Yeah, it yeah. was it was five fifteen before I got to bed. I had to be back on air at ten. My daughter woke me up at six thirty. So we're just running on. Way too much caffeine and bad vibes at this point. <laughs> Folks, basket- <laughs> basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, and yes, even golf. So head to betonline.ag to join to receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE when you sign up to receive your rewards. That's B L E A V, Bet Online, where the game starts. Jed, it was a. Uh, Another jam-packed weekend across college football. Mm-hmm. We'll uh, pull up the uh, pull up the top twenty-five poll here. What's standing out to you? Uh not a whole lot of shaking and baking up top, right? Uh, Clemson's still holding serve though, barely. I mean, I, I tell you what, I I kind of thought that uh, Syracuse was an overhyped six and zero football team, uh, but uh, they battled and battled hard. They showed well. And drove, yeah. drove DJ to the bench, you know. Uh, the Clemson defense asserted itself so they could remain unbeaten because you got to figure if you're, if you're battling for a playoff spot and you're Clemson in the ACC, who's your opponent going to be in that ACC conference championship game? Your margin for error is so slim, so slim. You're not going to be forwarded the same missteps that, that the big 10 and the SEC might. So uh, that's going to matter. You know, Oregon keeps clicking, you know, since getting bombed in that opener by Georgia, this really speaks to, what Georgia can be at its best. I mean, they beat Oregon 49 to three in the opener and the six games since Oregon has scored 40 or more in six straight games. Jeez. Bo Nix is playing lights out football. I didn't see that coming, at least with this level of consistency. And then finally in the playoff conversation, they could as odd as that is, you know, I just, I can't, I can't bring myself to believe Somebody on the business end of a forty-nine to three loss is going to be at the end of the True, day. True, but you also you know how these would, things are weighted. It like, would take a lot of chaos. Yeah. A loss, a loss week one is not the same as a loss week yeah. eight. Yeah, you know. Yeah, unless it's forty-nine to three, maybe. But that's a good point. Forty-five, forty-six points. Yeah. Some love for the Big Twelve. You know, uh, Oklahoma State hanging tough. You know, as they should. That's a good football team. Uh, defensive deficiencies are there, obviously, but they have a potent enough offense and they're filling the holes in other ways with a dynamic quarterback and uh, some explosion wide receiver. So they're sitting there at nine and TCU coming to town at number seven in both polls will actually be the highest ranked town to visit Morgantown since Kyler Murray Sooners back yeah. in 2018 were number six in both polls. But so uh, that's kind of what I'm looking at. It's well said by you. Yeah, we will obviously have the uh, the full TCU recap or recap, sorry, full TCU preview later on 
in the week. Yeah, it's 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 getting to be that time, you know, about Halloween where the, the top 25 gets real interesting, the race gets real interesting. We'll obviously be keeping an eye on that for you guys uh, as we roll along here. Um, we are going to now make this uh, make this duet a trio. As uh, if you're watching on YouTube, he slides in like Chris Collinsworth on Sunday Night Football. I wish. Uh, I wish WVU. I could. It's our WVU video insider, handsome, tubby, bearded man of gold, ladies Howdy, and gentlemen, guys. Sean Mariner. How we doing? Good evening, everyone. How are you? Well, well, yeah, yeah. Trust me, I think you know. I get it. And I'm on it. your I'm on your guys coming back from Austin vibe. Sean, I know is a father of a young one. You will appreciate this as well. I already just complained about it once, but you know what? This is my podcast too. Dang it, I'll complain again. Uh, Let it rip, babe. Five fifty-eight a.m. when I pulled into the driveway today, uh, getting back from Miami last night. Six thirty yeah. when the daughter woke me up, uh, and I only had to do a four-hour radio show at ten a.m. and then cut two commercials and oh, do boy. a report for the Penguins for tonight's Edmonton Oilers game as well too. So, yeah, just a nice, easy, relaxing day on about ninety minutes of sleep. I I can do sixty seconds if you need so we can get off and you can go right to sleep because I've been there before. <laughs> the key is Shelby has learned every time I go out of town, she goes, Oh, I'm gonna go home and be with the grandparents and the cousins. So I normally come home late to an empty house so I can sleep for maybe four hours unencumbered. You don't. Well, it's funny how this works, guys, but I'm sure you've heard kids can be so vastly different. Like Dylan, our oldest, who's now a freshman at West Liberty. You know, he never slept from the time he was born. Everybody kept telling us, oh, he'll eventually sleep. Oh, eventually. He's still not sleeping. Yeah. His whole life, he's never slept. He's just never slept. Uh, his younger brother, Maverick, he's never been an issue. I mean, sleeps like a champ, drops right out. Yeah. You wouldn't you wouldn't your recognizer of the same bloodline. So <laughs> maybe that's what you guys have to look forward to in the future. Big guy can sleep. Your, your fat buddy got in. We got in at one. I think I walked to the front door at one on Sunday was up and in wheeling by 10 so that we could go do boo at the zoo at Ogilvy. So that was uh, still a little turnaround, but absolutely worth it. Well, gentlemen, the good news is that there's a new number one on my NFL media meal power rankings, and that is the Miami Dolphins. It was fantastic last night. Hard Rock was that good. Prime rib, mac and cheese, collard greens, mashed potatoes, key lime pie. It was good. So, Sean, at least tell me you got some good food down there in Lubbock. Now, listen, Lubbock, for all of its negatives that it does have, legit one of the best food towns in the Big 12. We went to Cap Rock Cafe, which is like I uh, equivocated it to it's like their version of fishbowl. We walked in, dive bar, people walking around with fishbowls. I was like, okay, spicy cheese sticks, check. Bacon wrapped chicken stuffed green chilies, check. Green chili chicken fried steak, bang. Like it was, it worked. I love it. I love well, it. Well, Friday night, Big Daddy. And I'll clue you in on a story here, Wes. It ends with Big Daddy. But Friday night, we decided, okay, where are we going to eat? It was a big debate. And of course, we got some insight because, you know, Neil Coach down there, Shane Lyons worked down there. So we got a lot of people to pitch the ideas Graham off. Graham Harrell we might know been a thing back- or two about Lubbock. There you go. We hadn't been, which he was a rock star in the hotel. Everybody wanted to, hey, Graham, welcome back. You know, pregame was unreal with him. uh, He was, he was a wanted man, you know. But uh, there's a place called Kegel Steak. Okay. Mm -hmm. We haven't been back to Kegel Steak since our first trip to Lubbock in 2012. Uh, It's a little outside of town. It's on a family ranch. Now, the last time, Sean, it was like a 40 minute trip for us, but I think yeah. because of the location of the hotel this time, yeah. we were out there in no time, like 15 minutes. Like I drove coach Wallace's rental car. We all hopped in the van. He has boom. We're right out there. It was pretty cool because there was a live band. It was a bunch of old Cowboys. And so mm-hmm. they put us back in the back of the restaurant to wait on our table with our buzzer. And so the band was between numbers. So they kind of came back and sat with us. We start talking to him. And as Tony likes to do, he starts interviewing one of the band members. Find out the guy's a drummer. Well, who are your favorite drummers? So he starts going through the list. Wouldn't you know it? He was good friends with Jerry Allison, who was Buddy Holly's drummer. Okay. Mm-hmm. And of course, Buddy Holly and the Crickets, I don't know if you know or don't know, but, you know, Big Daddy and I, of course, know we've been down there enough. They're, they're Lubbock folks. Okay. So that was pretty cool to sit there and hear stories about Jerry Allison, who played in the Crickets. He was the oldest cool. living cricket until he died a handful of years ago. That's crazy. But Saturday, 
pregame meal, okay? Tony and I were beside ourselves. First of all, this booth is luxurious. Best yes. booth to broadcast from in the Big 12. So much space. Amazing space. Now, the food was out early. And you could smell it wafting down the hall. It was amazing. And I can't even begin to tell you what was on there. There were there were these these braised uh, ribs. There were cheese au gratin balls. Uh, it was unbelievable. It was off the hook. It was a combination combination of Mexican and it, uh, amazing. So I went down early and grabbed a plate. Tony grabs a plate, and uh, so we ate early and we were eating. So meanwhile, by the time Coach Wallace goes to eat later on, it all that food's gone. And he mm -hmm. says, all they got down there is like hot dogs and this and that. And we're like, well, what happened? It has to be somewhere down there. Well, I mentioned this when, when I got down to the field, you know, right before kickoff, I, I mentioned this to Big Daddy. And he's like, dude, you ate ESPN's food. Yeah. <laughs> they, at, at locations like this, the TV crew, since they're there so much earlier than any media <laughs> members, they have their own meal. And then when the media arrives about two hours, maybe two and a half before kick, <laughs> The media get their meal as well. Jed's up there pounding that. ribs and high class oh, five star cuisine. That was the, the single ESPN greatest pregame media meal of my life. Now I know how the other half lives, right? Mm -hmm. So I told Tony on the air oh, after Big hilarious. Daddy told me, I said, I think there's a warrant out for both of us yep. yeah, in hilarious. West Texas now. <laughs> oh, I love it. I did the same thing at the 2019 Combine. I uh, in in Indy, I ate the NFL Network food. And yeah. I'm standing there in line, and I look up, and Peter Schrager's standing right next to me. Schrager's like all, you know, like six foot four oh, of them, just looking at me like, you don't belong here, buddy. <laughs> Wes, what's, what what's the one rule that we learned in J school? If you act like you know where you're supposed to be, even if you're not, nobody will question you. Like, yeah, no, I'm supposed this is my meal. Well, here's the rule that I learned growing just, up in Tucker just walk, Just walk tall and act like you own the place. Right? It. It's easier yeah. to ask forgiveness than permission. 100%. Uh, and you know what? 100% especially the way the rest of the day unfolded. Yes. That's the greatest it. mistake that I've ever made in my life. I am so glad I made that mistake. Real quick, I do have to mention this to you guys. You'll get a kick out of this. And I, I realize this is a WVU podcast. Our fans want to hear about WVU. They want to hear about the game. But give us just a moment of, of you know, serenity here as, as we all get through this together. The Miami Dolphins at Hard Rock Stadium. First time I'd been back there, by the way, since we mollywopped the Clemson Tigers in the Orange Bowl maybe. about a decade ago. They have a club mm -hmm. in the end zone of the stadium. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking a Miami nightclub in the end zone of the stadium. Lights off, strobes, DJ, leather couches, bottle service, dance floor in the end zone of the stadium. And since it was a night game last night, it's you can see the lights and the, the everything in there going. It was hilarious. Me and Billy Hillgrove – uh, and Max Starks walked through there before the game because we were like, we got to check this out. And it was, it was a Miami nightclub. The the fancy leather couches and the big cigar ashtrays and the bottle called, service. It, it was so hilarious. Called Darwin's 2012. <laughs> when we were there in 2012, we stayed at uh, the Fountain Blue, right? Like one of the premier Miami Beach. Or the Rat Pack, or the Rat Pack back in the 60s. They're hanging the, out. Yeah. The nightclub there was like $400 a night to get in. It was ridiculous. I can't even remember what the name of it was. But that same nightclub was the nightclub in Hard Rock Stadium in 2012. They had a partnership deal. Now, obviously, Live? I doubt it's that like Club Live, isn't Live. it? Live. Yes, that was it. Club Live. $500 a ticket for the one at yes. the Hard Rock Stadium. Yes, it was 500 bucks a ticket. You yep. walk into the team hotel at the Fountain Blue. And I mean, it, you felt like you were in Star Trek The Next Generation. I mean, even oh, yeah. the lobby, even the lobby, right, Big Daddy? Oh, yeah. I mean, those strobe lights were going that's everywhere. My, that's it Miami, was... man. Yeah. That's, that's Miami. Yeah. That absolutely is. All right, Big Daddy, as we start to uh, to wrap this up. Yeah. Let's home, wrap up. Homecoming on Saturday. Woo! Listen, I know you don't. I know you don't have to. I don't want you to give anything away, but I, I know you guys. I know you guys got some juice playing there on the video board. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We're gonna be ready. Don't worry. <laughs> Videos ready. Music ready. We've got things. We've got things in the works. I, I mean, homecoming here. It's always something. You know what I mean? We'll have some good presentations. Halftime alone, where they crown everybody in the band show. It's gonna be. It's gonna alumni, be worth it. I know there's gonna be people band. there. There're gonna be people around. Alumni band pregame. Alumni band halftime. We're gonna be all right. We'll be all right. And I tell you what, that's it is similar to Baylor a couple weeks ago. Yeah. The you know, the, the the one thing that these tough moments create is 
If you just find a way like Baylor to, 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 to make that a game, to have it be a back-and-forth affair, to have it be exciting, that crowd's going to be locked in. We talked about it. There were points during that Baylor game where how many were there? 45,000, something like that, yeah, yeah. were as loud as when we've had a packed house because they were just screaming their heads off. They were into it. They were going along with everything that we did, everything we played. Like it was, it was awesome. I, w- I would anticipate maybe something similar happening Saturday. Like Iowa State last year. 100%. Baylor on Thursday night. Those, those type perfect of games. Weather. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna be unfortunately in Philadelphia having to fight my way through the the Grittisons and their in their in their World Series shenanigans. Yeah. Although well, it should make it easy for me to get a cheesesteak for dinner in the evening. Yeah, you'll be cause, fine. Because everyone will be everyone will be locked to their TVs. It's gonna be a ghost uh, town. Yes. yes, this will be uh one of the uh the two WVU home games that I have to miss this year due to uh due to duty calling with the uh with the Steelers yeah. in the National Football League. Sean Mariner, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you're following him on Twitter at Big Daddy Mariner. He is uh, our insider. He is the man. He is a good friend of all of us and hopefully to you guys as well uh, by this point in the ITG timeline here. Sean, thanks for joining us as always, buddy. Thank you. (laughs) See you on Saturday. We're going to take a quick break here. We come back on the other side. We will get into some of our game recaps. Uh, We made some projections and some predictions last week. How did we do? We'll let you know when we return after these words from our friends at Toothman Ford. I'm talking with J.R. Toothman of Toothman Ford. J.R., everybody knows a lot of pro athletes buy from you. What's the secret? Just like Will Greer, future Hall of Famer Frank Gore, James Washington, and many more pros, these guys have financial advisors that are always looking out for them to save time and money, and that's why they always shop at Toothman Ford. And what if you're like us regular folks that don't have people giving us advice? You don't need a financial advisor. Toothman Ford will save you time and money no matter who you are. Plus, we'll buy your car even if you don't buy from us. Visit ToothmanFord.com and get a quick, instant cash offer. That sounds like a score to me. That's right. And as always, we'll take anything in trade from chicken wings to Super Bowl rings. Toothman Ford's got a lot of fans. Here's another one. Dallas Cowboys QB, Will Greer. This is Will Greer, former West Virginia and current NFL quarterback. And cars really do cost less than Grafton at Toothman Ford. That's a fact, Will. Thanks. You can shop online anytime at ToothmanFord.com. Let's go, Mountaineer fans. You're tuned in to In the Gun with Wes, the runaway beer truck, and the signal caller. Back in the gun here. Jed Drenning, Wesley Euler, we're going to uh, jump into the Texas Tech review here in just a minute. But first, every week on the podcast, we make some projections. We make some predictions. We'll start with the projections. Pull up the graphic now, Jed. Uh, the top 25 games that we discussed last show, how did we do? All right. Uh, last week, we had three of them on the ledger. Uh, our projection on the left, you guys know how this works by now. The actual result on the right. Our projections, of course, if you're somewhat new to this, are based on what the point spread is, what the over-under is, and we try and come up with the closest football-ish score as a projection. Clemson, our projection was 31-17 over Syracuse in a battle of ranked ACC teams. 27-21 was the actual score. Uh, Oregon, we had Oregon as a 38-31 winner over UCLA in Eugene. Uh, it actually turned out to be 45 to 30, not that far off. Uh, and then finally closing things out with our projection for ranked SEC teams last week, Alabama, we projected a 41 to 20 winner over Mississippi state and the pirate turns out Alabama won 30 to six. I don't know if you saw at the end, how upset Nick was trying to get that shutout on the pirate. He wanted mm-hmm. that shutout. He sure did. He was beside himself and he didn't get it, but he got the 30 to six win. Yeah, uh, that one, I think you could feel that coming after that frustration against Tennessee. Uh, Big 12, I called it a moving Saturday, I think was what I called it uh, on the on the podcast last week. There were some games with some big implications, Texas and Okie State, K-State and TCU. Could Kansas keep the magic alive uh, down in Waco? How did we do uh, in conference? Uh, again, if we pull it up and look on the left at our projection and at, on the right – with the actual score. Uh, Baylor was favored by eight over Kansas at home. We projected them as a 33-24 type winner. 
Turns out they won 35-23. So uh, we projected 33-24, 35-23. Weren't that far off on that one, the projection wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Texas, Oklahoma State, what a, a dogfight this turned out to be. Uh, we projected because Texas was curiously favored. 34-27 was our projection. Longhorns over the uh, Cowboys on the road in Stillwater. Turns out uh, Oklahoma State came from behind and uh, won a shootout 41-34 to at T. Boone Pickens Stadium. And then the other big one, the battle of the day in the Big 12, or one of a couple. Yeah, what a TCU, wild game that was. It was. TCU hosting Kansas State with the great Adrian Martinez mystery. Uh, we can't seem to get to the bottom of why he left that game and Will Howard came in. But we projected TCU as a 31-27 winner. Uh, turns out, a few more points than that, but not many. TCU came from behind, down 28-10 to 10 at one point. Wes, we actually watched this, or I know I did, on the flight from Austin. So that you made guys got, uh, you some guys got of my cable time on the, or did you just Oh, stream? you're not kidding. You're not kidding. Uh, you, you have to. You have to. I gotta talk. I gotta talk to Mr. Rooney. We don't have cable yes, you on the do. Steelers play. Yes, we you have do. about yeah. seven thousand movies and TV shows that you can choose from, but not cable. Well, I watched TCU come from behind, score twenty-eight unanswered points, down twenty-eight to ten. They yeah, came back impressive. From thirty-eight to twenty-eight. But like I said, odd game. Uh, and and we'll get into the preview with TCU. But there's this strange connection with TCU and injured quarterbacks for the opposition. I don't know if you've seen that or not. Well, yeah, and, that, but, and then they're always out there trying to take, you know, Clint Trickett's head off and things well, like that. Oh, well, wait, what happened? Hold <laughs> oh, on, wait yeah, a second. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what's that all about, you know? Whoops, sorry about that. You know, pull the stands out. Look, if I'd have known that was wrong, you know. If I was not I'm wrong, I'd have yeah. But anyway. The, 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 the uh, headshot on Deggy in 2019, what happened? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's how things panned out in the uh, in the Big 12. It was a, it was a uh, it was an interesting. I tell you what, Texas again with a, another double digit blown lead. TCU, yep. it looks like, oh my goodness, could they get blown out? They end up winning comfortably. It was a uh, it was a big Saturday. Two years, yeah. fifth, fifth double digit blown lead in two years. I think it's their you sixth. Talk, fourth you've quarter talked lead about blown. that with Sark before. It's just yep. he has not learned how to put those games on ice yet. And the, I thought this was a big test for them in the sense that you know what else they haven't done, Wes? They haven't played well outside of Austin. Yeah, that's true. And that continues. They didn't do it last year. They still haven't done it this year. They got beaten Lubbock. Now they get beaten Stillwater. So they've yet to entirely, as talented as they might be, yeah, when they give you their best shot in Austin in front of that home crowd all lathered up, they're dangerous. We saw it against Alabama. We saw what they did to us. But uh, they they still don't uh, have gone and, and, and will travel quite yet. But they're still trying to turn that corner. They certainly are. All right, Jed, those were the predict, uh, projections, pardon me, that we that we made. Now for some predictions. Signal caller of the week, where Jed tells us which quarterback in the Big 12 will throw for the most yards. How'd you do? All right, I went with Quinn Ewers. And there's my uh, four top, X's. Top three finish, though. You're, you're, at the, you're at the podium. I'm always in the top three. Who cares? You know, <laughs> look, I, I score each week. I just don't knock it out of the park. Who cares, you know? Uh, but I picked Quinn Ewers to throw for the most yards, and I kind of got excited. You know, I was thinking that, you know, hey, against this 10th-ranked pass defense of Oklahoma State, and he did put up some yards, but 319 yards was good for only third in the Big 12, as you can see on the graphic. Spencer Sanders crossed the sideline in the same game, led all Big 12 passers with 391, and unfortunately, Baron Morton, we saw – up yeah. close and personal throw for 325 against our Mountaineers. So I finished third, which as the scoring goes, that's good for two. We'll get into the standings on Wednesday, but or on Thursday, I should say, but it's good for two points. I think it is. I think so. I think three so. Points, three points. Three, yeah. three, yeah. Three yeah. for third. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Big O, the beer truck who is out on assignment right now, somewhere deep in the heart of West Virginia. Not so good for him. There's no. only 12. Jed, what if I told you there's only 10 teams in the Big 12? He <laughs> yeah. wasn't even sniffing the top 10. I'll tell you what, Devin Neal, I don't know what he did to upset Devin Neal, but he needs to stop trusting Devin Neal, right? This is the third time he's picked Devin Neal. Uh, the first time he picked him, he finished 13th in the Big 12 in rushing. This time he finished 14th, and the one other time he finished 5th to give him one point. Not so he's good. picked him three times and got one point. Give up on Devin Neal. I get it. He's dangerous. He's explosive. He's all those things. But uh, 
So he ended up 14th, but what we did was we posted the uh, top five. Big day for Richard Reese. He's really coming to his own yeah. at Baylor. Kendra Miller, well, we'll see plenty of him in Morgantown. He is a dynamic, explosive kid uh, at TCU. Bijan, another big day for Bijan. Taj Brooks, of course, big day against West Virginia. And Deuce, uh, he was a big part of why they jumped out to that 28-10 lead. But, again, the strange dynamics of how that game unfolded it wasn't enough for K-State. Finally, I predict the Big 12 defense of the week, which unit will give up the least amount of points. I'm standing on the uh, the bronze podium with Jed here. I took TCU. They surrendered 28 to K-State. That was third least in the conference. Baylor with 23 against Kansas, and, of course, Texas Tech with just 10 against WVU is your, uh, your Big 12 defense of the week. Yeah, there was a point. When they were up 28 to 10, kind of looked like you might be in a little bit of business there, right? Yeah, and I was, for that I was, matter, there was a point when Baylor was way up on Kansas, blowing yeah. their doors off. And, and to Kansas's credit, with their backup quarterback in the game now, Jason Bean, who looks like he's going to be their starter, at least for the time being. I, I don't know how long it's going to last. We can't seem to get clear information on that either with uh, Jalen Daniels. But, but uh, nice job by him mounting somewhat of a comeback, but they fell short in Waco. Yeah, I was feeling good at a point there on Saturday night. And that wasn't just all the mixed drinks I was having at Margaritaville on Hollywood Beach, all right? Hey, fins to the left, fins to the yeah. right. It's time to get into our uh, Texas Tech recap. We will do that when we return. Wesley Euler, Jed Drenning. But first, these words from our new friends at Fortis. For nearly 20 years, Fortis has been the nation's leader in providing guaranteed roof performance programs for commercial buildings. Fortis offers roof performance solutions that feature extensive initial and ongoing reconditioning for commercial buildings as an alternative to traditional replacement with long-term performance guarantees that are backed by global leader Lloyds of London. Fortis offers a comprehensive range of roof performance management programs that provide financial security, extend the life of our customers' roofs, and make a significant impact on ROI. Fortis is currently improving performance and increasing ROI for customers at more than 4,800 locations. With more than 140 million square feet protected, including many Fortune 500 companies that have turned to Fortis to save money, gain financial certainty, and extend the life of their existing roofs. Fortis has helped customers save more than $520 million in capital roof replacement costs for an average ROI of over 250%. To learn more, visit Fortis.us.com. Fortis, roof performance and financial certainty guaranteed. For more West Virginia Mountaineer football content, be sure to follow us on Twitter at In the Gun Podcast. Game day got you on the go? We get it. GoMart is here to keep you going all season long with stores throughout our home state. We're a proud West Virginia owned company, and our friendly staff is committed to serving our communities. From fuel to freshly brewed coffee and snacks, a stop at GoMart to cover your game day needs is always a touchdown. Plus, GoMart Rewards members earn points with each purchase to redeem for discounts on gas and free items. So stop by, start saving, and stay on the go with GoMart. All right, back in the gun here. Maybe we buried the lead a little bit 25 minutes into this episode. We know what you guys want to hear about. It was that tough defeat or not tough defeat yeah. down there in Lubbock against the Red Raiders. Jed, where you, where you want to start here? You want to start with the good? You want to start with the bad? Where where Navigate me here, oh fearless leader. Where are we going to start this thing? Thanks for that. I, I, I think <laughs> if you want to know what kind of day it was, this, this somewhat sums it up. Uh, on the field, uh, for my post-game interview with Neil, okay, uh, I started to speak, and he said, Jed, you don't even need to ask a question. And he just went into uh, how terrible that was, uh, how awful that was. And, and, you know, everything he said was true. Uh, it was it was a terrible performance in every way, shape, or form. Uh, I mean, I, I felt going in, okay, that from a matchup standpoint, you know, football's in part a game of matchups, right? So yeah, it's all about uh, matchups. Yeah, we, we were we were all fearful. That's why last week we all picked their passing game and all that. We were all fearful their passing game against our secondary, which is struggling to communicate. That's putting it mildly, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I but I thought we could fend that off if we found a way to run the football. Now it concerned me that that uh, Tim DeRuiter had a history of 
a limited history of making Graham's offense struggle somewhat in the run game. We talked a bit about that when he was at Cal and Graham was at USC. But I thought, okay, this offensive line's battle-tested enough. It's cresting at the right time. What we saw at a Baylor, Baylor's a good football team. Baylor's a good defensive football team. It's a very well-coached defensive team. And I, I, I felt confident coming out of that, that, okay, the offensive line has now developed the consistency yeah. that we need yeah. to see each week. That's going to be the key. Uh, and we'll show up and we'll find a way to run the football and everything else. If we can run the football, everything else will fall into place. Now, the problem was we didn't run the football. We struggled to run the football for a host of reasons. Uh, it never got cranking for us. And uh, so as a result, uh, everything kind of imploded. So all of a sudden, that matchup that we feared, the Texas Tech pass game against our uh, secondary, against our pass defense, it came front and center. Uh, we fell behind early and often. Uh, and the next thing you know, we get the ball back. And we're trying to still establish the run and, and, and grab back a hold of the flow of the game and dictate a little bit. Every time we did, here's a penalty that's first and 25. Now, how are you going to establish the run on first and 25? You, the, these penalties kept shooting us in the foot. We were behind the sticks. We were off schedule, playing into their hands. So we march into a place that has strengths and has weaknesses. Now, what we were hoping to do is tap into some of those weaknesses uh, with Texas Tech. They were sloppy with the football through their three and three start. They, they'd committed 13 turnovers more than any uh, team in the Big 12. Uh, they'd given up more sacks than any team per game in college football, three-pointed a game. We couldn't capitalize on either. We didn't force a single turnover. We had one sack. Uh, now, offensively, the reason we had to run the football was to try and, again, grab hold of the flow of that game and minimize that snap count because they were averaging 87 snaps a game. We knew they were intent on driving it way up over 100 if you let them. So we had to cut into that by controlling the flow. Uh, we ended the game leading the uh, league in time possession. I always say that when it comes to time possession, there's two things that if you're an effective time possession team, you can do. One is help your defense, Absolutely. okay, by keeping them on the sidelines. And two, and this is what Tech does, and this is where they're different as a time possession team, hurt the other team's defense by ratcheting up high snap counts. We don't do that, okay? We try and do it with the intent of helping our defense. Tech, when they win the time possession, the only way they do it, because they're so fast-paced and so electric, is they're, they're cranking that snap count up. You're, you're going to have to play two games with a defense if they get moving. So what do we do? offensively we turn it over ourselves four times are you kidding me we lose on multiple 50 50 balls okay i mean i've seen games where the football was snatched away a catch was snatched away and turned into an interception but i don't remember the last time i saw it happen twice in one game so we had four turnovers which puts the defense back on the field more quickly and gives the texas tech offense more opportunities to, to crank up that snap count and then we're 4 of 14 on third down. And we talked going into the game. Look, don't focus on Texas Tech's production on third down on offense because they're intent on picking half of it up and going forward on fourth down. Right. They gashed us and killed us with those fourth downs. So there was very little that I saw from a positive standpoint. Uh, I mean, maybe if you force me into a corner, I could say, okay, later in the game when we tossed some of those new guys – in part, it was because we were banged up and we were thin. We had guys dropping like flies, and sure. we didn't have a lot of answers left in terms of personnel to put out there. We were one back away from, from Garrett Green going at running back. I mean, if CJ got dinged up Jeez. because Justin was down, he was out for the game, uh, oh. Tony was out for the game, Garrett Green was most likely our next running back. Uh, that, that, that was my estimation of what we would have had to do. In the secondary, we had guys dropping as well. Charles had limited snaps. We knew that going in. He didn't re-aggravate anything. We just knew he'd be very limited. So he ended the game in street clothes. He was done. We got some out of him, and then he was done. Uh, and then we we lost a couple other DBs along the way. But we had some some young defenders forced onto the field, uh, maybe in part by choice, maybe in part out of necessity. I, I saw some good things at a couple of those young guys, Trey Latham, uh, Raleigh Collins. I mean, they were going 100 miles an hour. They were being physical. I mean, if you force me into a corner and, and say, okay, at gunpoint, Jed, you got to come up with a positive thing out of this football game. That, that's probably it. Uh, I don't know yeah. if you can add to that in the positive column, if you can. 
let's have at it more i need help my positive was i was on the plane for the first half there you go <laughs> now i did go back i did go back and watch it obviously because i'm a professional here and i wanted to be able to do this this episode with you in in good faith but i i'm with you i mean it's it when you when you lose by 38 points it's 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 usually tough to to pull some positives how about a lot of a lot Oliver, of things Oliver Straw Big 12 special teams player of the week there's your there's your other positive. Oh, there you go you know there you go and uh I mean if, again if you go outside the matchups okay and just look at it big picture okay what what might have concerned you going to Lubbock all things considered on both sides okay we were coming off an emotionally charged win yeah okay they have a new coach. They were, they, you know, were sitting there at three and one to start the season. They were all excited and jazzed about, about that three and one start. They suffered two tough losses and then went into a bye week stewing over it with two weeks to get ready for us, uh, knowing that they were going to roll things out a mid afternoon, perfectly timed to kick off in front of a homecoming crowd with 60. That place was capacity. I mean, I was, I was impressed by the crowd. I, I don't know if I was anticipating as many there as we got. Uh, but so you got a homecoming crowd, you got a football team that's, that's upset and mad and wants to show, Hey, we're better than what we showed these last two times out. We spent two weeks in practice, uh, you know, getting tired of hitting each other. Now we're ready to show the world. Okay. So here's West Virginia coming off a big emotional win. Uh, here they are coming off, uh, two tough losses with a bye week third bye week and four games against us. Uh, so you kind of figured we'd take a good shot from it. Yeah. But I kept talking myself into the fact that, look, I think if we can find a way to run the football, we can maybe mitigate or marginalize a lot of these advantages they might otherwise have. And, and we couldn't, we didn't, you know, so, uh, so th that that's where it left us, but yeah. uh, not, not a lot of good when you lose wow. by 38, as you talked about, uh, look, you can only put so much uh, lipstick on a 38 point pig. Right. And uh, so it's a state fair pig right there. Yeah. All right, Jed. Well, how about the other side of the equation? Plenty. You know, uh, when you look in the bad column, uh, we talked about the transition downs. Uh, defensively, uh, they, they killed us on fourth down just when you think you're getting them off. That's what they're built to do. Uh, we didn't handle their tempo well. Uh, we had a season-high 14 missed tackles, uh, and that was spread across the, the lineup, you know. Uh, it's, I mean, I labored through that tape and it, it was tough to watch on both sides of the football in all three phases. It was tough to watch, but, uh, and then of course the turnovers, the turnovers are killers. I mean, possessions are, are meaningful in a game when you're trying to play keep away from somebody trying to drive up the snap count. So, um, we gave them four turnovers or they took four turnovers, however you want to look at it. And, uh, I mean, that's even if they go three and out, that's 12 snaps right there. Right. And they're not going to go three and out. If anything, they're going to go four and out. So those snap counts start, you know, counting up pretty high and pretty quickly, especially when you're handing them the football like that. And then we didn't win on third down. I mean, that's been a strength of ours throughout the course of the year. Uh, we've been a 50% third down offense, one of the better third down offenses in the country. That sure didn't show up on uh, Saturday. We were four of 14. And that's not exactly like that was a major strength of theirs, you know. Uh, so, uh, and then once again, you know, we have a short yarded situation, our first scoring drive, we have a third and two. Okay. And what happens? False start. I mean, stop me when you see a pattern emerging, right? I've, seen that. Third I've seven. seen that horror movie too many times. Exactly. And I mean, a compelling argument could be made. That's a four point penalty. Because we had a good drive going. We're facing a third and two. We feel good about where we're at. We're probably in four-down territory. Uh, now it's third and seven, so we have an incompletion. And the next thing you know, you have to settle for the field goal. So Just that was like tough. against Baylor. Just like what, Oklahoma last year down on the goal line there in Norman. Yeah, I, I got PTSD from those goal-to-go false starts at this point. Yeah, there's uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, that's that's been a recurring theme, but but this was was everything about this game was ugly. If you're in blue and gold, and uh, uh, I mean it, you, you're just you're, you're hoping that those involved with it uh, 
staff players on down the line. Uh, I mean, th there's uh, accountability matters. And, uh, you know, Neil told the team in the locker room, starting with me on down the line, we all need to look in the mirror and, uh, you know, see what we can do individually and then as a group. But that's that's what we're looking at, you know. Uh, I mean, when you get ambushed like that, uh, you know, it's, it's going to tell a lot about uh, how resilient you are or aren't as a, as a football player, as a person, as a competitor. Uh, you know, when we, we've said this about the Big 12 many times, uh, the upside is there's always another team that can beat you. This isn't the old days of the old schedules we might have played. Every week, there's another team right around the corner that can beat you, and this comes in the form of the seventh-ranked team in the country. So if you want to start chiseling away and make some hay down the stretch, you better start in the next couple of days. Well, no doubt, because the schedule doesn't get easier. I mean, nope. still got TCU, still got Kansas State, still got a wounded Oklahoma, but still Oklahoma. You still have to go to Oklahoma State. It's not getting any easier. It didn't start out easy. It's it's, it's well, not Iowa getting State. any easier. Iowa State has the nation's yeah. leading receiver, a top 10 scoring defense in the country, and they're 0-4 in the Big 12, and we go to Ames. I mean, who thinks that's going to be a layup? Come on. <laughs> so you better get it in gear, fix what ails you, uh, revisit what helped you beat Baylor. And I, I'm telling you, if we can't find a way – I mean, the corner that we had started to turn was – we went from the atrocious run game of 2019 to 2020. We found some semblance of a run game, but couldn't do it against good people. Last year, we did it against some good people, but not with the level of consistency that you need. And this year, we thought we'd turn that corner. We did it against good people that are good people against the run. Right. Pitt is a stout run defense, okay? Virginia Tech was playing solid rush defense when we faced them. Baylor, again, I can't say enough about Dave Rand or Ron Roberts, that crew. Uh, so we thought we'd turn that corner. Uh, despite the struggles we had against Texas. This was a different kind of challenge. And uh, we went in there and for, for uh, you know, a laundry list of reasons, couldn't get it going. And, and in part because the game unfolded in such a way as we couldn't afford the patience that we would like to demonstrate. Right, right. Because you fall behind and then you're behind the sticks constantly. And, uh, but you better fix all those things. Because if you think that, this Baylor, excuse me, this TCU team is going to come to town and you can, you know, be somewhat even of a one-dimensional football team and hang in the game. Well, we, we know better. We know better. So you better be able to run the football. You better be able to throw the football off the run. You better have balance. You better get hatched to the football defensively. You better help that defense minimize the snap counts and don't make them play a game and a half's worth of possessions, which they did last week. Uh so it, it, it needs to improve and just about every from just about everything we saw on Saturday. That was as tough as it gets. Yes, it was. And like I said, the, 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 the tough part too, is it's not getting any easier. There's no get right game on the schedule. Um, no. no. Now that can be a blessing and a curse, right? Because, you got another opportunity right in front of you. Top 10 yeah. team in the country, undefeated, homecoming weekend. Um, so that's kind of the, you know, both sides of that equation there, both sides of that of that gun. Yeah, it's not but, like you have to come home and, and play three meaningless games that you can right. cruise through and win by three touchdowns and go through the motions. And, uh, yeah, you don't have to worry about that. I mean, you as get much another as, as much as, as, right much as, we, as, much as we love them. It's not the big. It's not the old Big East days. A good thing. Good thing yeah. Owen's not here. He'd be having it out for me for saying that, <laughs> as he always does. But yeah, oh, it's uh, it's yeah. tough to see. It's tough to see the way forward now. But hey, that was you ugly. Can't, you, you can't. Ugly. You know, you can't cry about it. You got to go find yeah, solutions, was, uh, or else you're was, gonna have, or else you're gonna have more of those down the stretch here if you don't go figure it out. You know, you 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 question everything in the world including your existence when you lose a football game on the road and you're sitting there on the bus for an hour and on the plane for a couple hours. And it's just, you have so much time to, uh, to fret over everything. And you're just like, Oh, wow. Is, you know, sometimes Maybe broadcasting isn't for me. Maybe I should have been a school teacher. Yeah, these things cross your mind. They do. You had the amount of times I've been in those situations and I've been like, you yeah, know what? Right. I should I should have just taught high school history. I mean, you what's the matter with me? Couch. What am I doing? Yeah. What am I doing? You right home on your couch. It's like, you know, cause it's like, the sometimes it feels as though 
the, the wins don't balance out the losses, even if they're of equal, you know, number. Uh, uh, I'll give you an example. You know, I, I told a friend of mine, like, I turned the alerts off my phone. You know, obviously, during the game, I can't get anything anyway. But from the course of the game through sometime Sunday afternoon, I didn't really pay much attention to my phone. I was traveling and then knocked out and then busy and then just beside myself and then trying to focus on some tape and some other things and get some work done. So when I glanced at my phone, I think I had 52 texts. Now, that same time period, last week after the Baylor game, I had you three. Had five, didn't you? I had three. I had three texts and after two a big of them, winter. Two of them were from, from me and Owen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Sending you and pictures of losing, our, of our drunken selves out, in the state. <laughs> I get 52 texts after the oh, blowout well, and three texts after the win. <laughs> yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure you can imagine when when the when the Steelers beat Tampa Bay, we get 10 oh, phone oh, calls. Yeah. We get we get 10 yeah. phone calls to the show the next day. When yeah, the Steelers yeah, lose yeah. to the Buffalo Bills, we get yeah. – Seven calls to the show the next day. That's just sports fans in general. I don't care if it's collegiate, if it's pro, if it's football, oh, yeah. hockey, baseball, yeah. whatever. I mean, there's people on my phone I haven't heard from people in five just, years. People, I literally haven't heard from them in five yeah. years. People like the bitch more than they Saturday like the Sunday. Yeah. You know, I'm like, okay. People, people uh, like I, to complain you know, more okay, than Fair anything. enough. I can do without this right now. But I'll get around to you and the 51 others here in a, here in a bit. But Did you feel like a, you felt like an athlete after a big-time performance, huh? I never felt that like that in my felt, life. You felt your phone just blowing up. Yeah, I don't just, know what that feeling's like. Can't, you can't, you yeah. can't keep it under control. Everybody wants a piece of you. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I've never had that feeling in my life. But, uh, but no, it's it's rough, and it's especially rough after one like that. Yeah. You know, because uh, we just don't don't experience many like that, right? Uh, I mean, it's it had some parallels to. Again, they, they all kind of run together. And sure, it, sure. It, even, in, even in, you know, 2016, we were 10 and 2. If you lose on the road, you, you didn't want to come home. You felt like it was the end of the world. It was just everything, you know, the rivers are running dry and the sky's falling. That's how you feel. And the, the, this one, again, because, of, you know, that house of horrors that it once was for us, uh, I, I remember walking in at halftime in 2012, number five in the country with the front runner for the Heisman trailing 35 to seven to texas tech this had that kind of feel to it like it 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 just felt like it was slipping out of hand much like it was when we were number five in the country in 2012 that's how it felt you know and uh everything was going well for them we weren't doing anything to stop everything from going well for them yeah uh it was it was ugly other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? That's right. Yeah, that's right. So I'm more intrigued to see you go first, Wes. Your okay, good. Yeah, let me moment. go. Let me yeah. go. First. Let me go first on this. Let me go first on this. Now, correct correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, it was 17 to three at halftime. Yes. Okay. Thought uh, just just uh, when it, when it, driving and through the pick and yeah. yes yes. Yeah. I think the defense deserves a tip of the cap for what they were able they they kept WVU within within touching distance there in the first half while the sure, offense was 50 plus 50 plus snaps in the first half so good point to, to, very to good be, point like in retrospect you never say oh we were only down 14 at halftime but in retrospect you were fortunate to only be down 14 at halftime yes. so this is one of those like I want to be very clear with this I don't want to make it seem like I'm blaming the defense or anything like that but when I went back, and like I said, I we we landed in. I, I literally pulled up my phone on the tarmac in Fort Lauderdale right yeah. as the second half was started. I was streaming the second half on my phone until we got back to the hotel. I went right to the hotel bar to to watch the rest of it. Yeah. When I went back and watched the first half, so that's where this is. That's where this is my kind of view. You know, um, today I went back and watched the first half this afternoon. First defensive drive, you dropped an interception. Second defensive drive, Texas Tech fumbled, but it wasn't called a fumble. There was no replay. There was no timeout or challenge or anything like that. And then third defensive drive, Texas Tech fumbled again. You had a chance at the recovery. You couldn't get it. In the grand scheme of things, would it have changed it? I don't know. You would have probably still lost, maybe not by 38 points, but you would have probably still lost. But if the Mm -hmm. defense is able to – those first three drives, three golden opportunities to force a turnover – 
that to me was at least your chance to, okay, set up the offense in short field position. Defense do their part, right? That was a big part of the Baylor victory. Defense had the scoop six. Uh, Dante with the blocked extra point. Some two huge forced fumbles that took points or, or, or interception and forced fumble that took points away from yeah. Baylor. It's, 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 it's like I said, I am not blaming the defense in this regard, but they, they have to have splash, it feels like, for, for us to win games. You know, you, you need some yes. splash from your defense. You need a short field. You need a scoop and score. You need a pick six. You need something in that regard. So, uh, dropped interception on the first drive, fumble that wasn't called or replayed or challenged on the second drive, missed opportunity at a fumble on the third drive. That sequence for me was my pivotal moment. Uh, and that, those are all great points. And, you know, part of it, Wes, I think is a function of and, – and, again – Facing 50-some snaps in the first half, told them to 17. Yeah, credit to the defense for that. But as you touched on, opportunities literally slipped through our fingers a couple of times for person forcing some turnovers against a turnover-happy team. So if you wonder how the most turnover-happy team in the Big 12 escapes unscathed, right there it is. They did so with some help from us. So part of what happens when you put the ball on the carpet and you end up getting it back uh, – defensively, you're not getting enough hats around the football. That's part of it. Now, we struggled in – it just you, you can't overstate this enough, our struggles against tempo. So, yeah. And earlier in the year, we struggled – communication's been a shortcoming of ours defensively. That's putting it kindly on the back end, okay? I think in some cases, it might be longer and more athletic, but we don't have that battle-tested veteran savvy of those senior safeties that we had a year ago. Yeah, there's uh, not there's not direct, directing traffic. There yeah. yeah. Um, now, those guys might have missed a step, but I think sometimes the athleticism is just putting you out of position faster. Sometimes that can't happen. You know, if you're a, a faster defender, that can just mean you arrive at the wrong spot a little more quickly. Sure. You know, sure. Um, but you're not getting enough hats to the football and the ball's on the carpet and you don't get it a couple times like that, right? Uh, we didn't handle the tempo well. That ha that that comes down to communication as well. Alignment. Uh, they knew that. They attacked that. Uh, and, and what I'm going to go with with my pivotal play ties into what you're saying. Who knows what would have played out or unfolded otherwise, but uh, we know that the way it, it did go <laughs> uh, wasn't the way we wanted, right? So if you have an opportunity early in the game to do something about how that game's starting – against the young quarterback, right? Uh, again, this kid's a redshirt freshman and just his second college start, Baron Morton, talented as he might be. <clears throat> so what I'm looking at is the fourth play of the game. They have a third down and five, all right? At our 41-yard line, they're already dropping. Now, just based on what we knew going in, we discussed this at nauseum last week, this third down and five, is an incompletion good enough? No, they're going for it, right? You got you to gotta, you gotta yeah. make them lose a couple yards, yeah. You got to either knock them backwards or force a turnover. That's the only way you're stopping them, okay? So what ends up happening is they run, and they, they went with what we call a Rip and Liz formation, twins to both sides. So it's 10 personnel back to the quarterback's left to Morton's left. So they want the sixth-man protection. The back check releases on a swing. We go with a three-man pressure. Just chop up the front. Here we come with three men, three uh, down linemen rushing. We drop eight into coverage. Okay, trying to keep them off balance. Give them a look they don't expect, right? Well, it worked. The look was one they didn't expect because what they did from a uh, – now I'm going to get a little technical here, but see if you can envision this. What they did from a route standpoint was they had their slots, run outs, quick outs, jet outs, and they had their wide outs, outside release vertical. And, and the air raid offense, you call this MOR, must outside release. Okay, outside release vertical, get the DBs turned away, and now you're pushing vertical up the sidelines. Now, yep. it puts the quarterback in position to use the boundary, okay, to move away from the defender. Now, what, here's what West Virginia did, and this is why it, it could have worked, should have worked, almost did work, and it was a near pick. <clears throat> we showed what looked like one coverage, okay? We rolled to what's called three cloud. Now, cloud, if you've ever heard, sky coverage means safety in the flat. Cloud coverage means corner in the flat, okay? Well, we rolled to the field. We rolled to a three-cloud look. So what that means is 
Malachi Ruffin was the corner to the field. He was showing pre-snap, showing like he had deep third, okay? On the snap, he kicked up and had the flat. So he has the short flat. Behind him, rotating over, okay, first Aubrey Burks, rotating to that outside deep third that looked like Malachi Ruffin had. Then in the middle, Marcus Floyd rotating to play center field in the deep middle third, and then the backside corner with the backside third bailing out. So you have three a three-cloud look. Well, what happened was you did confuse. It worked. You confused Baron Morton. And the reason I could tell he was confused is he made the type of throw that you make against what we call a cover two look. Now, I know I'm getting very technical, but just in trying to imagine this, to the wide side of the field, what the quarterback's seeing is a rolled-up corner and a safety kicking out. Now, he doesn't realize that safety actually has deep third of the field. He's thinking it's a cover two look. He's thinking the corner's rolled up, that safety has deep half. Well, he made a stick it throw that you would make versus cover two. We confused him. And because he made that stick it throw and misread the depth of that hole that you normally have against cover two, but that you don't have against a three cloud rotation, Aubrey Burke ends up with the football right in his mitts yep. because we confused him with the coverage. You don't get many opportunities like that. It's like giving the 27 Yankees an extra couple outs in an inning. You don't want to do that, right? So what ends up happening, we confuse Baron Morton. He makes the ill-advised throw into coverage thinking, hey, it's an easy cover two stick at the throw. No, it's not. It's a three cloud throw. You're throwing it right into the hands of our rotating safety. Thank you. Aubrey Burks can't make the catch, even though it was right in his hands. Uh, you know, our leading tackler on the day, I'm sure that's one he would love to have back. What plays out, first of all, the next down, they convert. Fourth yep. and five, they convert. Three plays later, Taj Boyd, or excuse me, Taj Brooks. Taj you know, Boyd, the there's a blast Boyd, from the past. Taj Brooks, they run a counter play from our 20, and he busts it right up the chute, waltzes into the end zone at seven to nothing. And now we take the field, realizing how finite our margin for error is offensively. Oh, boy. We're already chasing them. They've already racked up eight, eight snaps and seven points. We better do something. And there's a, already out of the gate yep. some sense of desperation offensively. Whereas if we pick that football off, it's our ball to 25. Take a deep breath. Let everything wash over you offensively. Stick to whatever you got to stick to. Try and sell your soul to get the first points to get. Who knows, like you said. Maybe, maybe they get maybe they get a little tight on the Texas Tech sideline. Turnover on the, on the fourth play of the game. Yeah. And now maybe he makes an ill-advised throw where he doesn't check down because they're playing even one possession. These things all impact everything. Football is a game of cause and effect. I say it all the time. I remember as a quarterback, even if you were up by a touchdown, you were more inclined to take even a bit more chance than you are if you're down by a touchdown or excuse me, the other way around. If you're up by a touchdown, you look at it one way. If you're down by a touchdown, you look at another. That gave them another chance and they made the most of it. To me, if I had to struggle to find one, it's strange to say this because when I broke the tape down, yeah, the first thing that jumped out to me, 105 gradable plays defensively. Okay. So that, that's what jumped out at me. Uh, so really back in the big East days, that's two full games of football defensively that we played. We played two full games of football. So <laughs> looking at it like, yeah, we give up 24 points a game. Right. Uh, but so this was play number four out of 105 gradable plays in the tape that I would look at is the closest thing I can come up to as a turning point. Now you could argue, you know, maybe JT's pick right before the half. Yeah. Yeah. Because we are getting the ball. They might start to pucker a little bit. If you can punch that thing in, you know, I was wondering, I, I, I thought Sam had a chance at, the, at that catch being going, being ruled in his favor. That was right in front of us. Yeah. Uh, out of the slot, he ran that slot fade. Uh, but if we could have done something to get that thing in the end zone there instead of the pick, now it's 17-10. We're getting the ball in the second half. It's, right, it's a you're, you're good. Dynamic. You're in good shape. Yeah. But, well, I don't know if it's good shape, but it's much better shape. Sure, sure. You know? Much better shape. But, uh, again, in, in something that turned out to be as unwatchable and ugly as that game was, you're willing to change any play early in the game, right? And, right. and take right. your chances, yeah. Right. I mean, you don't know if it's one of those circumstances. You you always hear the thing about the time travel. Hey, be careful. If you step on a mushroom, you know, the whole world the might blow up because effect, this happens. Right? X, X leads to Y leads to Z. Yep. 
Well, I think the whole world already did blow up in this case. I mean, how much worse could that game have been? Uh, whew, <sighs> it, it was so that, it, that that's what I'd have to go with, Wes, if I had to find one. So we did. I kind of cheated. I bunched a couple there together on those, on those opening drives and you just went right with the yeah no I I like it and that you're right when you're looking for a pivotal moment in a 38 point defeat it, it it's funny but it can be a little difficult to find no, one. It's, it's, it's frustrating because it was a lost opportunity on multiple levels yeah it was a lost opportunity yeah because of the dropped pick but at, as a defensive play caller I'm sure it was frustrating because it's a lost opportunity this is a pretty sharp kid right and they got a good plan for him. They're putting him in good spots. And he's not often going to put the football in harm's way, maybe as, as much as you'd like. And you know what? You got one over on him there, and you forced him to put it in harm's way. And a, a team that has 13 turnovers on the year, you know, maybe that leads to – if that's right, going to be our identity as a defense, It can be contagious in a way, honestly. Well, what you talked about was was maybe even more accurate. Because when you went with the multiple possessions and the multiple missed opportunities, maybe that needs to be our defensive identity. You know, in recent years, we've been this bend but don't break unit that was yep. stingy as all get out in the red zone. We're yep. not that at all this year. Uh, we've been a unit that communicated well on the back end. Okay, we find ways to get you off the field. We, we understand leverage. We rarely get out leverage. This is in the past, in the past two, three years since Neil arrived. Uh, we've been a very fundamentally sound defensive team that tackles really well. None of that's been accurate. None of that. No. So maybe if you're going to find a way to win games and the defense is going to play a key role in it, maybe the role is what the role was against Baylor. That's you it. know, and you heard Jordan Leslie talk about it after the game. That's Look, it. you have to play some better situational football, force two or three turnovers, and if you can turn one directly into points, and, and maybe this whole game does turn out differently if we force – Recovered a couple of those fumbles on the carpet, picked that ball. That was all in the first quarter and a half. So if you force three turnovers in the first 22 minutes of football, this might be an entirely different game. But if you don't force those turnovers and instead give them off. You don't even get one. Season, you don't even get one or no, two. No, you don't even get one of them. Yeah. But if, if that is your only opportunity to pitch in and be a productive defense that helps you win, you better make the most of those opportunities. And again, not just from a tackling standpoint, you got to get hatched to the football because there are going to be missed tackles and you need help there when there are. But when you you get more hats to the football, when the ball is on the carpet, good things happen. That's just how it works. So uh, I, I think you're pretty on point with that. We had multiple missed opportunities at turnovers. We didn't make the most of them. And each one hurt us in a major way because they made the most of, of just about every situation. Our pivotal moments brought to you by our friends at High Street Prints. Make sure you're checking them out at highstreetprintshop.com for all your printing and merchandising needs. Of course, they do our gear on itgfootball.com. We've got our first merchandise orders that have been rolling in this past week. We appreciate you guys for all of that. Again, itgfootball.com. We got hats. We got shirts. We got it all, baby, and it's all brought to you by our friends at High Street Prints. We've got to take one more break here quickly, and then we'll be back to wrap up the show. You are in the gun. For nearly 20 years, Fortis has been the nation's leader in providing guaranteed roof performance programs for commercial buildings. Fortis offers roof performance solutions that feature extensive initial and ongoing reconditioning for commercial buildings as an alternative to traditional replacement with long-term performance guarantees that are backed by global leader Lloyd's of London. Fortis offers a comprehensive range of roof performance management programs that provide financial security, extend the life of our customers' roofs, and make a significant impact on ROI. Fortis is currently improving performance and increasing ROI for customers at more than 4,800 locations, with more than 140 million square feet protected, including many Fortune 500 companies that have turned to Fortis to save money, gain financial certainty, and extend the life of their existing roofs. Fortis has helped customers save more than $520 million in capital roof replacement costs for an average ROI of over 250%. To learn more, visit fortis.us.com. Fortis, roof performance and financial certainty guaranteed. Mountaineer Nation, have you visited us online? For great gifts and gear and our entire episode playlist, check out itgfootball.com. So this was our Texas Tech review. 
They say all things are bigger in Texas, Mr. Drenning. So was, I think, our depression on this episode 20 of ITG. We Of all the times for Big O to be on assignment, I mean, we could have used his his cheery chipperness on this episode maybe to, to uplift our spirits a little bit. We should have kept Big Daddy on the whole show. We should have kept Big Daddy on. We could have talked yeah. to him about, I don't know, volleyball, soccer, something else going on. Something, you know, anything. Anything. <laughs> How's the baseball team looking here as we approach the approach the winter time? Uh, so no no huddle this week, correct? No no huddle this week. It won't be every week. It no 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 week. no huddle this week. So we'll be back with you guys on Thursday. We'll have the full TCU preview yeah. uh, on Thursday. Couple reminders, as always, uh, before we get out of here. Make sure you're rocking and rolling with us on all social media accounts in the Gun Podcast: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Twitter is where we put up our polls. That's where we do the runaway questions with Owen. So, really, if you want to get involved with the show, make sure uh, you're following along on Twitter. Again, at In the Gun Podcast. Same place on YouTube. If you want to see the visual element of this, all the different graphics uh, that that Jed puts together, um, and that all of our our highly, our highly trained and highly compensated producers behind the scenes put together for us in post-production every single week. Uh, and, of course, if you want some merch, if you want all these things in one place, itgfootball.com is where you do it. One more thank you to our friends at betonline.ag for, uh, for being the presenting sponsor of this episode. Mr. Jedger, any final word before we get out of here? A better of a short memory. Uh, you know, when you're struggling the way that we struggled in Lubbock on Saturday, uh, it's it's uh, good and bad, as we talked about, to have the seventh-ranked team in the country come yep. to town. The good is it's an opportunity. The bad is uh, you better have some things, things right and fixed and back to where they were last week, two weeks ago, I should say, against Baylor, week and a half, whatever it was. Uh, so the opportunity is going to be there, uh, but – you know, that, that thing could get out of hand really, really pretty quickly if uh, if you don't show up and show that you have the the emotional intelligence as a football yeah. team to, yeah. to bounce back from a game that you weren't there for. I think that's the perfect way to close this down. We will talk about that opportunity for the Mountaineers that awaits with the undefeated top 10 ranked Horned Frogs. That episode will drop on Thursday, but that'll do it for us here today. For Jed Drenning, I'm Wesley Euler. Thanks to everybody for listening and rock and rolling with us. We'll talk to you guys in just 48 hours here or so. You've been in the gun. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.